don't know. Just uh, just kind of being myself, man. It's, uh, I don't know, you just got to move on quickly because things in this league, you dwell on things and start thinking about all the bad and stuff. It's it's going to pile up on you, and then you won't last very long. So I think sticking around, you got to be able to move on to the next play and make that next play your best play. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo from earlier today basically letting it be known, hey, man, I'm comfortable in my own skin, right? I'm going to make some good plays. I'm going to make some bad plays, but I'm going to let it roll off my backside and keep it pushing. That's basically, if you want to translate what he just said, that's what he just said. So uh, we've been asking the question. We'd love to hear from you, 69187, keyword R&R. Where's your excitement level at right now? Are you one of those, like my man Raider Geyer, who, who hit us up earlier and said, hey, I, I'm not excited at all. Don't know what to expect. Let us know about it again, 69187, keyword r If you have a question for any of the guests that we have on the show, you can hit us up that way as well. Again, 69187, keyword r Speaking of guests, our good friend Ari Mayrob from the 33rdteam.com joins us now on the phone lines. And Ari, thanks so much for your time. I do appreciate you, my man. And I want to start off in Washington with the situation going on with head coach Ron Rivera and offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy and Coach Rivera saying some things that I think he had no business saying to the media, but he did. It's out there. What do you make of that whole situation as how it's going down? Yeah, I mean, it's it was a bit odd, and it was a bit um, surprising for sure. Um, I'll say this much. I mean, Ron Rivera agreed to do this after the off season was o- after the season was over, where he was like, I need a new offensive coordinator, I need a new voice, and I'm going to get the biggest fish available. And that was Eric Bieniemy, who was in Kansas City for years. And let's just make this clear, he's very well-respected. He is someone who the players there will... Um, we'll tell you all the good stuff about him. And part of the agreement was essentially that I'm going to be the one running the offense and it's going to be my voice. And as part of that, he also got a new title, not just offensive coordinator, but also associate head coach. And I'm going to do it my way. And I, I have to say this also, like he gave him really just full control of the offense and not just full control of the offense, but like it got even deeper than that. Like during free agency, the enemy was part of the agency process like he told them to go out and sign Andrew Wiley who was the Chiefs right tackle and he was like go get him bring him in and they paid him a really nice contract three years 24 million dollars they listened to him so he has full control of all this and it is different he is a very very intense person and he is a super loud person as well and it gets it could get it could get heated sometimes that's that's part of it um, and all the Chiefs players understand that. Andrew Wiley, I actually spoke to him about this. He said, I'm ready for that once again. We all loved it because it got us fully prepared. Now, in Kansas City, Andy Reid was the one calling the plays, and now the enemy will be the one calling the shots here in Washington. But it's definitely a culture change, and it's definitely something different from what um, Washington has experienced up until now, and what Ron Rivera has experienced up until now, because all the offensive coordinators he's had in the past, whether in Washington or Carolina, for all guys he's had experience with in the past. And here it's somebody new who he's never worked with. So, of course, the players are surprised by it, but I'm sure the players also understand that this is a guy who has won multiple Super Bowls over the last couple of years. And the players in Kansas City and even former players like Tyreek Hill are all going to say positive things about him. So it's going to work. So um, it is a change, but um, they're going to have to buy into it. And um, it was a bit surprising to see Ron say that, but... Um, it's it's that's just what it is. I mean, they have to buy into it. 
I love the going behind the curtain and giving us a little bit more of a, you know explanation of how it all shook out because I wasn't aware of everything that you just broke down. That was great. So I had someone suggest to me, Ari, that maybe it was Ron Rivera trying to put this out in the universe to try to kind of, I don't know, give him a little bit more padding to hold on to that head coaching job. Do you think that has anything to do with it? It's definitely an interesting question because the reality is this is now the second time in Ron Rivera's head coaching career. He's been head coach twice where he's experienced an owner change. And the first time, of course, was Jerry Richardson to David Tepper. And after, I think it was a half a year or one season, he was kicked out. So um, he knows that is definitely something that could be a possibility here in Washington, going from Dan Snyder to Josh Harris. Does Josh want to bring his own people? And the reality is, that Eric Bianning is right behind his back because he does have that title of associate, associate head coach. And there is the looming fact that Bianning is someone that many people have fought for years now, should be a head coach, and for whatever, whatever reason was passed over. So if you're an owner like Josh Harris, where you're trying to figure out who are the people I want here, if Washington does, for whatever reason, start the season off slow, as a new owner, do you say, I had this other guy on staff that everyone has been saying should be a head coach, but he wasn't, maybe because he wasn't calling players or maybe because he had Patrick Mahomes or whatever. Should I at least give him a shot here and see if he's the guy? Maybe that does cross Josh Harris's mind. So I don't know if that was the reason, but I could see that being something that has crossed Ron Rivera's mind now that he's going through, once again, another ownership change, which he has done in the past. Great stuff right there. Great stuff. Ari Mayrod, 33rd with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So let's take the party to Indianapolis. And what's going on with the Colts and Jonathan Taylor? It seems like a carousel of running backs have come into the organization now and uh, left without deals, including Kareem Hunt. What, what do you make of that whole situation in Indy? Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by all of this because I'm, I was just so surprised that this became so public the way it did. And I don't know if people have mentioned this in the media, but I think it, it, it should be said. It has quieted down now, but the, I feel like part of the problem there in Indianapolis is that the owner, and he owns the team, he can do whatever he wants, Jim Mersey, he has just gotten too involved over the last year and a half. And if you look through the history he was the one who basically forced the Carson Wentz trade after that Week 18 loss to Jacksonville. He was the one who benched Matt Ryan last year. He was the one who fired Frank Reich. He was the one who hired Jeff Saturday. He was the one who still wanted Jeff Saturday to be the coach this year before that front office ended up winning and getting Shane Steichen in. And now he's the one kind of controlling all of this public um, stuff going on with Jonathan Taylor. He was the one who really lit it up. So, I think I feel like that is part of the issue there, where you have a GM and Chris Ballard who is very well respected, who loves keeping all the stuff that goes on in the organization close to the vest, and you have an owner who has just been so public in taking stuff over and essentially meddling in, in, in stuff going on in football decisions. So I feel like that is part of the problem. And then Taylor, you know, he was an MVP candidate two years ago. He did have that injury last year, but I'm sure he sees the situation going on in the running back market right now, whether it is with Josh Jacobs or Saquon Barkley or many of these other running backs who are not getting paid. And he's like, I want to get paid right now after year three while I still have a lot of tread left on my tire. You know what I mean? Before these teams eventually just let me play out a couple of franchise sides and I never get that second contract. So I get where he's coming from. I'll probably mention one more thing. He did switch agents a couple of months ago because he's looking for this new deal. The guy that he hired is somebody who has a bunch of clients. His name is Maki Kawa. He has Shaquille Leonard. He has David Njoku. But he's also very well known for being an MMA agent. Like he has Hori Masvidal. He's had John Jones. 
And the way he's handling all of this is literally like the way they would do it in MMA. Like the way he's doing it, it's like negotiating with Dana White. It's like all public with all spots or whatever. So um, that part of it is also interesting. What I'm curious about is if they're going to continue to try to make this all in public to make it super uncomfortable for a first-year head coach, which eventually makes them feel like, should we actually move on from it because it's getting way too complicated for us. Again, we're talking with Ari Mayroff from the33team.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, you mentioned Josh Jacobs. I wanted to ask if there was anything that you were hearing on the front when it comes to Josh Jacobs. There was reports last week, early last week, about, hey, the two sides may be open to conversations again. Is there any kind of update that you've been hearing? So I personally have not really heard anything. I did see some of those reports. I did see some people... Um, refuting those reports as well. So it's a bit complicated to figure out exactly what is true and what is not. But, you know, what Josh Jacobs is doing right now, he is perfectly allowed to do that. He has mm-hmm. not signed a franchise tag tender. He is not under contract, and he has the right to stay away from training camp, and he's not getting fined like some of these other players are, whether it's Chris Jones or a Zach Martin in Dallas. So he has the right to do this, and I have wondered, if they'll do something similar like what Saquon Barkley did, which was just add some incentives on top of the 10.2, or you could add some more guaranteed money on top of the 10.2. Or in my opinion, I think what would be the best thing for him would be our report to training camp if you guys agreed not to tag me next year no matter what. Um, I don't know if those discussions have happened, but those are stuff that could happen if they want to get him in the building ASAP. So we'll see if that ends up happening. Um, but, they could also just wait until a week before the season starts and then he shows up and then he's on the field for week one and um, he's still making the full 10.2. So this can go in many different ways, but I would imagine, this is just a guess, but if they were willing to agree not to tag him next year, I would imagine Josh Jacobs would be cool with that. So you know what, let's just do this because there really are not many options left for me. Right, and I was surprised that Saquon Barkley agreed to the deal he agreed to without that you know, part of, being part of it, saying that, okay, you can't, you can't franchise me next year. But, man, he just signed that thing immediately. Like, oh, $900,000 in incentives? Cool, no problem, gone. And got right back to camp, and it was pretty surprising. Now, there's been conversations, Ari, and there's been reports, and, and I know they're just reports. There's, you know, really nothing to back this up, that the Raiders could, if they want to, just rescind the tag. Do you see any way that that happens? I, I've seen that as well. I honestly would be stunned if it happened just because, I don't know if that's like the message you really want to send to the locker room and to the team right before the season starts. I mean, you would know this better than me, but I believe Josh Jacobs is very well liked in that <laughs> locker room. Yes. Um, he is like, if you do that a month before the season starts, a few weeks before the season starts, I mean, you're essentially just creating chaos right before a season begins for really no good reason. I get it. The 10.2 might feel expensive for you, but at the same time, he really has no choice here, and he's going to be with the team most likely before the season starts. And he was the leading rusher in the entire NFL last year, and he's very well liked in the locker room. So let him do whatever he's got to do. He has the right to do this. And whenever he shows up, he shows up, and let's just go on from there. So I think the precedent would just be a terrible idea if the Raiders were to do it. And then you would also have a chance to sign with one of your rivals, which would make it even worse for you. So I don't think it really just makes any sense for them to do that. I don't either. I don't think it's going to happen. It's just, you know, I see those reports out there, so at least I have to somewhat acknowledge them. Ari Mayrob from the33team.com is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Anthony Richardson is going to get the start for the Colts. No surprise that Anthony Richardson's going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts, but first game in preseason for Indy. What do you expect to, to see from Anthony Richardson, and how quickly do you think he could develop into a, a quarterback in the NFL? 
Yeah, I mean, he was probably the most intriguing quarterback that I had at least going into this draft back in April. Like, we all see the the traits and the way he's built and what he can do as a runner. Um, and, and stuff he did at Florida, some of the stuff was just jaw-dropping. And there were a lot of people throughout the draft process who were consistent about, you don't want to throw this guy in the fire right away. And especially with the Jonathan Taylor situation brewing up. Um, it's interesting that the Colts are going right away with him. I know it's just a preseason game, and maybe, but that kind of tells me that he's in the lead over Gardner Minshew, who has experience with Shane Steichen from last year in Philadelphia. So I, I would love to see what he does um, on Saturday. I believe it's on Saturday versus the Buffalo Bills, what he can do in the passing game, what he can do in the running game. Um, the offensive line, I think, was a major, major issue last year, and they have three really high-priced players on the offensive line with um, Quinn and Nelson, Braden Smith, and Ryan Kelly, their center, and they were just awful last year. So will that hold up here in the preseason? Because that is really the most important part to me is the offensive line has to be much better the way it was a couple of years ago in order for you guys to put Anthony Richardson out there in week one when it really counts. So they're going to have all the starters out there um, in that preseason game, and I'm really curious to see how all of it holds up there in front of him because if I'm the call, this is just my opinion, but if it's not holding up the way you would like it to, I'm not sure if it would be the smartest thing to put him out there right away because that is truly what a lot of people are saying throughout the draft process. It's maybe not the wisest thing to put him out there right away. And um, if the offensive line is not holding up, then the Colts might want to reconsider it. Another quarterback that's going to get to start in their game's preseason game number one, that's Deshaun Watson for the Browns. And obviously he's not a rookie, but, uh, you know, coming back from suspension last year wasn't really Deshaun Watson like like we're used to seeing him. What do you think Deshaun's going to do this year now that he doesn't have all the issues that are, you know, that were plaguing him and all the conversations that were going on around him like he did last year? Yeah, it's such a pivotal year for him. I mean, first of all, just because, just for the organization and the team. I mean, there's four more years on that contract, all of it fully guaranteed. So you better hope you're getting the you know 2019, 2020 version of Deshaun Watson. Because if you're not, there's no way of getting out of it. Like he's your quarterback for the next several years here. So um, as you said, this was really his true first off season he's had in two years where there wasn't as much noise going on surrounding his name. Uh, Kevin Stefanski spoke to reporters um, a couple of days ago and w- was asked about it. And he was like, he, he basically said the same thing, but he was like this off season, he took out all his teammates down to the Bahamas. And then again, to Miami, they all worked out over that together. So this was really his first true off season with all his new teammates. And this is a team that when you look at the roster up, up, up and down on the offensive side and the defensive side, one of the best offensive lines, they have Amari Cooper. They added Elijah Moore um, in the trade, and they're expecting big things out of him because he's in a much happier place now. And then they have arguably one of the best running backs in football with, with um, Nick Chubb. So that roster as a whole is stacked, and now what they're hoping for is the quarterback who they traded three first-round picks and gave an unprecedented contract to is actually going to live up to it. So it's one of the more underrated stories. I could tell a lot of people still aren't fully comfortable talking about him, and they're trying to ignore the topic. But I think it's one of the most interesting topics going into the season is if Deshaun Watson actually plays like Deshaun Watson. Because if he doesn't, where the Browns are for the next several years as a franchise, they're going to be held back for a while. 
Yeah, that's a massive contract, and they gave up a lot of capital to get Deshaun Watson into their organization. So, yeah, like you mentioned, he's better. he better live up to uh, their expectations. And, Ari, we'll get you out on this. I saw you on the 33rdteam.com. You were talking about quarterback battles this preseason that you were intrigued by. Uh, what quarterback battles stand out to you the most? Well, I think the one that is the most heated right now is probably in Kansas Bay where – it's, it's amazing how this team was literally on prime time all the time, and everyone talked about them with Tom Brady, and now this competition is like nobody even cares about it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. But Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, Mayfield's going to start this first preseason game against uh, against Pittsburgh, and then Kyle Trask will start the second one against the Jets. And it sounds like it's been a, a pretty heated one down there in Tampa Bay. And the thing about the Bucks is, yeah, Tom Brady's no longer there, but a lot of the players that were there while he was there – are still there. I mean, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, um, the entire defensive line, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, Devin White, um, Levante David. Like, still a lot of really good players on that team. So it's like who the quarterback is going to be is really going to determine if this is a team that could actually compete in a division that is truly wide open. Like, I don't know if anybody could, you know, soundly say who they think is going to win the NFC South this year, all four teams. Everyone could see them winning five games or could see them winning nine games. Like nobody really knows. So figuring out what's going to happen in Tampa Bay is super interesting. And then the one no one truly at all cares about is probably Arizona. But Kyler Murray is injured. They have Cole McCoy, who's a, a journeyman quarterback, a great, a great sounding board for that quarterback room. But they also drafted a quarterback in the fifth round in Clayton Toon. Clayton Toon. And I just wondered, like, what do you have to lose to play the young guy during this first five weeks? So that's one that nobody really cares about. No one talks about. People think Arizona will be the worst team in the NFL. But that's another one that's going on over there that I'm curious about. Well, I'm glad you brought up Arizona. I wanted to ask you about Arizona. I'm glad you brought them up because I was about to let it slip my mind. If they are the worst team in football, which a lot of people believe they are, and they have a couple top uh, picks in that first round, do you see them making a move for a Caleb Williams or a Drake May and then trying to move on from Kyler Murray, even though he's got that fat contract they just gave him? I'll tell you this much. This is a conversation that has been going on in league circles ever since the draft ended, and they got that extra first-round pick which belongs to Houston, which could very well end up being a valuable pick come next year in the draft. So I looked into the contract. That contract is a very tradable contract. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. So if they were to have a top two pick, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May in that situation, they would have to seriously consider it. Now, Kyler Murray is a player who could be great, could be electric, but when you talk to people about Caleb Williams, they make it sound like he's the next generational type of quarterback. I hate using that word, but yeah. that's what people say about him. So this is a new regime. It's money also for the GM, head coach Johnson Gannon. They did not draft Kyler Murray. They have been very supportive of him ever since they got there, which is definitely the right thing to do. But if they are in that type of a situation, it's hard not to at least consider it. And like I said, that contract is tradable. And I would imagine that there would be teams in the NFL who would be interested in him because there is still a lot of talent in that player. He is someone who could do a lot of different things. But um, And a lot of the teams obviously looking for quarterbacks, and he is still a very young quarterback who has been capable of doing stuff in this league. So I could see that definitely being a scenario come next year if Arizona is in that position. If Caleb Williams lights it up once again this year, how do you not strongly consider it really is the question. It's going to be interesting. It really will, man. I can't wait to see how it all shakes out. But I don't want it to all shake out too quickly. That means that the season's already over. And I don't like it hasn't even got started. I don't want it to end that quickly. But all right, great stuff as always, my man. What are you working on for the 33rdteam.com that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, I mean, there's just so much going on right now there on the site. I mean, we have 
all our former coaches and executives um, on the site. They're going to be doing a lot of preseason recaps, what they saw, what they thought of all these interesting competitions going on, not just the quarterback competitions, but really all of them um, at every position. And for me, I actually put out this article um, last week, I believe it was. It was 32 players, 32 teams, 32 players, one from each team. The most intriguing player for me on each team, I gave a full reason for each player as to why. Some really interesting stuff in there about some, some players you have heard of, but some players you also have not heard of. You should definitely be keeping an eye on here, um, here as the preseason kicks off tonight. Well, as I tell you all the time, man, you guys do a fantastic job. Definitely appreciate the effort and appreciate your time this afternoon, my man. We'll talk soon. Anytime, my friend. Thank you, thank you. There he goes. Ari Maybrow, 33team.com. Fantastic job. I'm telling you, I, I just I love that website. I really do, the 33team.com. I love that website because they have so much talent there, so many people that have skins on the wall, right? I mean, they've got a lot to, uh, you know, look back at. You get a lot of information and intel from, and uh, Ari being a part of that. Uh, there's been so many others that are part of that, former GMs, former players, uh, you know, all kind of folks that are part of, of that website that really do a heck of a job. And so we definitely appreciate Ari uh, giving us a few minutes of his time this afternoon. Uh, 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Of course, we asked about your excitement level. Is it lower right now than normal? Uh, how are you feeling? A couple weeks away from, well, the end of uh, training camp as the 29th will be the day that they have to get cut their rosters down to 53 men. So right, where are you at as far as your excitement level? Let us know about that. Before we do take a break, before we uh, move on to Ty McGee from Slam Ball from The Wrath, I did want to get a couple more sound bites in from Mad Max Crosby. He met with the media today along with head coach Josh McDaniels, Andre James, Jimmy G. A lot of really good stuff that came out of that. But want to get back to Max Crosby. We already played a few of his sound bites. This one I want to hear uh, want to him want you to hear from him when he's talking about uh, the Raiders' success and how anxious he is for Raiders' success and now his fifth year in the league. You know, for me, I just I worry about the day. You know, I'm worried about getting better today, and then tomorrow when it gets here, I'm worried about that. You know, every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year-round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit and uh, I want to keep winning, and I want to get back to the playoffs. I want to be in Cincinnati on the road. You know, in a hostile environment. That's why I play the game. That's why I work the way I work. You know, I come here and I do, you know, I do this all year. And like I said, I want to win championships. I want to be at the top of the game. I want to be the number one guy, regardless of position. Um, And I work for that every single day. So, yeah, you know, I'm fired up for this organization. I love all the people in here. And I'm I'm really just trying to, um, you know, be my best version of myself and lead, you know, lead by example. And that's all he can be. He's the best version of himself. He's a, a leader out there. He's encouraging guys. You see him trying to pump up everybody. He's got nicknames for everybody. He's got handshakes for everybody. I mean, he's, he's out there being the ultimate team leader, and that's something that's very obvious. There's a lot of times where we can't see everything when we're out there, but we can see that. We can see that leadership, and we can see how the other players are – are, are taking that leadership and how they are feeding off of Max. And, again, I, I've said it so many times, man, there are leaders and veterans on all levels, especially that defense, defensive line, linebackers, secondary, the corners and safeties. Like there's, there's a veteran and a leader in each one of those rooms, and I really think it's helping this defense come together. Of course, none of it matters until it's real. None of it matters until they get to Denver or they go to Buffalo or they come back from Pittsburgh or they go to L.A., right? None of it matters until then. But I'll tell you right now, it's a positive step. And just like Vinny, when I saw him earlier today, and no joke, 
I, I looked over at Vinny. We're standing in the stands. I look over at Vinny, and he's kind of making that motion that you would make when it's like I'm cleaning off my eyeglasses or I'm, or I'm wiping the eye boogers out my eye because I can't see, right? My eyes are kind of like when you wake up, what do you do? You kind of, yeah, you kind of wipe your eyes when you wake up. You try to clear everything. It's a little foggy. It's a little blurry. He was trying to clear his vision, and he literally stood there and said, am I seeing what I'm really seeing? I think that's positive. Again, it doesn't mean that they're also going to be a top 10 defense, but I think it's a positive step for sure. So this year, again, it feels like this team is a team. It's been documented. It's been talked about quite a bit. Seems like everyone likes each other. Seems like Jimmy on the offensive side, everyone's really gravitating to. Hell, they're gravitating to Jimmy on the defensive side as well. But here's Max Crosby talking about this year. It seems more like this team is actually a team. Yeah, you know, it's obviously it's only August, so, you know, things are – going well right now, um, but it's an everyday process. But, uh, yeah, I, I think we're going in the right direction. We have guys playing for each other. And uh, at the end of the day, it's a player's game, and uh, we do it. We're the ones out there. Uh, we got to be at our best, and, you know, it really comes down to it. We're the ones, you know, getting things done, so we all got to be on the same page. Uh, it comes down to every single one of us, and the coaches trusting us, and, and Pat and Josh and all them have been preaching that. Like, it's, it's, it's all about us, you know. So we got to go out there. It doesn't matter who the opponent is. Uh, we all got to be on the same page and fly around and have fun, and, I just don't think. Just go. So there you go. Max Crosby talking about the team being a team, flying around and not thinking. Just go. Right? And I think that that's one thing is a key, is a big key of what he said, where they know that the defensive line is going to get there. So the guys in the secondary, they could say, okay, it's been one, two. All right, I'm breaking. I'm breaking. Like they could take a few more chances because they feel like, all right, the quarterback has to let that ball go because Max is going to get home. Chandler's about to get home. Byron's about to get home. Bilal's about to get home. So now these, these guys in the secondary, they could trust what they're seeing develop in front of them and really go try to make a play because they're trusting that those guys are going to get home. The final soundbite that I have for you from Max Crosby is just about the excitement level for the offense and Jimmy G. I love it. You know, uh, Jimmy's, Jimmy's getting better and better and better. You know, the guy, like you said, he's come, coming off an injury. Uh, it's not just going to happen overnight, but – uh, Jimmy's confidence uh, has been only growing, and uh, you've seen that today, the last two days, to be honest. So he's just getting better, and uh, he just he's trusting himself, and that's re- really what it comes down to. It's it's a mental game, you know. Everybody's talented in the NFL, uh, but your mentality's got to be elite to you know to be a great player. So you know Jimmy's getting better and better, and I'm I'm super hyped for him. Jimmy looks like he's getting better and better every day. You know, I don't want to put too much stock into it. Uh, but he looks pretty comfortable. I asked head coach Josh Daniels about that earlier. Like, hey, it looks like Jimmy had a pretty good day yesterday. Is he getting comfortable? And, uh, you know, he obviously had an answer for that. And basically it, it seemed like he's getting a little bit more comfortable and something that they expected. You'll hear from head coach Josh Daniels around 4 o'clock. But next, coming up next, you'll hear from Ty McGee from Slam Ball, from the team The Wrath. They'll be in action tomorrow. They've already made the playoffs. But Ty is one of the best players in the league. And we'll talk to him next on Radio Nation Radio 920. <laughs> There he is, the leading scorer for the Wrath. He also started a brawl in practice a couple days ago. He's got a main streak in him. Watch out for Ty McGee. Oh, the defense. Williams tried to get fancy with it. McGee says, not in my house. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. 
My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio today. It's called Studio Q. And join us now on the phone lines, as you heard in the highlight, is the leading scorer of Slam Ball. That's Ty McGee of the Wrath. And Ty, thanks so much for your time this afternoon, my man. And you are one high-flying, lots of fun activity. I mean, you're scoring. You're a machine out there. How much fun has this been for you going through this Slam Ball uh, experience? Yo, what's up, Q? Uh, man, it's been cool. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a ride. And it's been a dream. Overall, it's been a dream, I'm, and I'm blessed. So it's been good. How do you balance the you know high-flying attack, scoring a lot of points, but also not being pushed around and having that, that toughness to you as well? Uh, that's the thing, you know. Um, just got to keep pushing through those walls. You know, I know people are going to keep throwing different looks at me, but uh, overall, I just got to keep going through and uh, getting in those tramps and flying high and just kind of seeing through that. How long does it take for your body to get acclimated to, you know, going from the trampolines to the hardwood to, you know, maybe a, a cushion or whatever the case may be? Like, that's a lot of different feels for your feet and your legs and your ankles and your knees. How, how long does it take for your body to get acclimated to that? Definitely. I think uh, a lot of everybody was real athletic coming in. But even my, the most athletic, including myself, you know, it took me about – three weeks to really start to, all right, now now that I know how my body can move on these trance and on the hardwood, now to really learn the game. It was about three weeks. What would you say this game is more of, basketball, football, or hockey? <laughs> oh, man. Respectfully, I think it's like it's, it's, all, it's all on its own. It's one of its own, like, game. I'd say it's more, you know, you do have that basketball aspect of it um, and the hockey shoving, the hockey hits. But uh, and respectfully, it's it's a, it's a game of its own. Yeah, no, I can see that. I can. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoy being out at the Cox Pavilion, checking out all the action again. Ty McGee from the Wrath is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. How's the energy been from the crowd, man, at the Cox Pavilion? Because it's a it's not a huge building, and it feels like the the fans are kind of up close and personal with you guys. Yeah, honestly, it's been cool. You know, especially having the young kids there, they have a blast. You know, they're they're there in that mosh pit behind the um, <laughs> behind the basket. So you know, to be able to interact with them and just like you got the fans right on your back cheering for you. Let's go, let's go, Wrath. You know, let's go, Ty. You know, and that just gives you energy and it's a lot of love in the building. You know, especially when that place fills up. Yeah, there's there's no doubt, man. I, I go there, check it out. It's a lot of fun. Your team is five and four. You've already secured a playoff spot. What I mean, what you're a gunner. What 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 does it take to be a really good gunner in this league? Um, you gotta you gotta have a motor, no fear, and you gotta you know keep attacking. You gotta always be on an attack mindset, but also um you gotta be able to dish the ball a little bit, make some nice little passes, and overall you gotta be able to read the stopper. Um, Got to be able to make a play and get to that bucket, but that's not so easy. There's some great stoppers in the league, so you really got to be able to read the play. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Ty. It seems like a, to be a stopper, you've got to you got to have a little crazy to you, man. That's not a that's not a position I'd want to play. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a tough position. And even if you get in there and try to like, sometimes I'll be getting in there and try to figure it out a little bit, and that kind of helps me on both sides of the ball. But um, it's a tough. You gotta you gotta be ticking a certain way for sure. So, again, as I mentioned, your team, the Wrath, is 5-4. and four. You've already locked up a playoff berth, but it would be nice to get that number two seed. You have a game tomorrow against the Slashers. How big would that be for your team to, to go ahead and get that number two spot? That'd be huge. I think um, both with momentum and just, like, securing that two spot, it would be huge. I think for our team, we need to, you know, really be in sync this weekend and, and make a play on 
you know, how we're going to be looking in the playoffs. That's really what we're looking for this weekend and trying to get some wins so we can put ourselves in a nice little position. What is it going to take to get that number two spot? Like how, when, going into this game against the Slashers on Friday, of course you want to win that first game and then get, you know, get that final game of the night. What is it going to take to get that first W? Um, we're going to have to come out, come out off the rip, you know, kind of going, going at the hoop. We're going to have to um, play well as a team, but also we were slacking defensively this last week. Mm. You know, we got some uh, change-ups on our uh, stopper, but respectfully, we got to kind of pick up our defense and uh, give, give a lot more loose ball recoveries and, and keep attacking. Again, we're talking with Ty McGee from the Wrath from Slam Ball here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We just got a funny text from our guy, Mailman Raiders at Q. Can you ask if he had to go to Naval Academy because he's out there flying? <laughs> <laughs> for real, for real. You know, honestly, I grew up I grew up on trampolines. Like, a lot of my homies had trampolines, so I always enjoyed jumping and, you know, even on the court regularly. I, I'm a dunker, so, like, uh, you, you combine those things and, you know, I kind of got a nice little feel for it. Yeah, you do. I'll tell you that. And it's funny, uh, you know, I was there when you guys were doing your little final exhibitions and, you know, there's a little bit of a dust up right before, but it was, I mean, it's a physical game. It's a physical sport. How much do you, you know, I, I kind of started this off with, you know, you're a guy that can score a ton of points, but you're also not going to take any mess. And how much is it important that you let everyone know that you're not going to just push me around? Uh, it's very important, but also I want to, I want to, you know, let people know by my game as well, like, that it's not going to be so easy to push me around either, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I know they're going to send a lot of dudes at me, and you know, and that that's a, that's respectful to me. So it, it's on my job now to get through that like second barrier now, so like I can either fold to that pressure or I can keep going. But um, uh, yeah, I sometimes I got some stuff to say, but you know, that <laughs> I think that's uh, with all athletics, you know. Yeah, I ain't gonna let you, you can't let a whole lot of stuff slide. So um, the main way I like to show it is through my game for sure. No, you do a great job. Again, I mean, it's so entertaining. There's so much, you know, so many different elements to it, and it's just fun to sit around the court and watch multiple games uh, there at the Cox Pavilion. So the face-offs, what, is, what does it take? You know, like what it goes through your mind when it's time for a face-off? Uh, I don't uh, – you really got to just be in your own zone. You got to be tunnel vision. But also you got you to gotta read that um, who you're going against. So on, on defense – it takes a lot of timing and patience, and, and you can't fall for the fakes. you got to really just go when he's going, and you got to get that timing down. That takes a little bit of practice. But on offense, you know, I don't want to give it all away. But <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Don't give all your secrets away. But uh, yeah. I'll tell you, man, that's one of the most exciting plays in slam ball is the face-off. It's the one that the crowd gets excited for, and you never know what you're going to see. And I'll tell you, I didn't know what I was going to see last Friday when you put back-to-back -back games of uh, 30 or more points. Uh, that was the you know first time that that had happened. How big was that for you and obviously for your team as well? Oh, man, that was huge. Um, for the team to just get those Ws, and, and um, I'm happy I was able to perform and get, uh, get some points on the board. But honestly, just to get those Ws and to get back on the team and get it back in the mix with everything, you know, uh, it was good. So we're hoping to get like a little bit better rhythm this weekend and carry that on. There you go. Ty McGee, Slam Ball. Uh, he's on the wrath. You can check him out. They play the Slashers on Friday. Final question for you. As I mentioned, you're trying, you already got the playoff berth. You're looking to get that number two seed. If you get that number two seed, you get a bye. How big would that be just to get a little bit of rest before that playoff run? That's big. That's big. Um, I think um, 
I think the games are split out by two days. I think maybe yeah. Tuesday, Thursday playoff run. So um, if we do get that by, you know, we definitely you're gonna have to hit a nice little practice. But um, I think wherever we land, we really want that two seed. But wherever we land, we're gonna take care of our bodies so we can, uh, regardless of if we get that by or not, go out and go out and make a push for that championship. Well, I'll tell you what, man. You guys have done a heck of a job. This whole slam belt ball as it's come back has been very entertaining. Been there each and every weekend to check you guys out and the rest of the teams as well. Good luck tomorrow against the Slashers, and uh, we'll be talking soon, my man. All right, Q. I'm going to tap in with you. I appreciate you having me on. And shout-out to everybody there. Uh, you all have a good rest of your day, all right? All right. Appreciate you, my man. Ty McGee right there from the Wrath does a heck of a job uh, leading, the, leading the league in scoring. And that's what it's all about. But, again, let me tell you, just because he's a scorer, don't think that he's a pushover because he is not. Uh, I talked about it. I've talked about it many times. He is not going to let you just push him around and try to punk him or anything like that. I mean, he, he's more than just the high-flying finesse, dunk this, dunk that. No, he's also, like I said, not going to take any mess. And it's crazy to think that you go from – being on a trampoline that is one style to all of a sudden being on a basketball court style to all of a sudden standing on top of a, like a bumper, which is a cushion. I mean, that's like three different things that are underneath your feet at one time, you know, in a matter of seconds. And I can only imagine that how difficult that is to go from one thing to the next to the next, but they do a really good job of it. And I'll tell you what, I didn't know what to expect the first week of Slam Ball. First time I went and checked out some of the exhibitions and then the opening weekend, but I've been thoroughly entertained each and every weekend, and I know the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun as well. I've enjoyed having these players on the show each and every week. We've had coaches on the show each and every week. I mean, this has been this has been a heck of a thing, so I do appreciate Ty and his time, and I appreciate all the folks over at Slam Ball that make it happen for us each and every week. 341 is the time. Uh, caller number nine is what we'll look for right now, 702-365-9200. What do, you, what do you mean, Q? What's caller number nine? It's the Lotus Summer of Fun. Lotus Summer of Fun. Don't forget about it. It's not over. We got this week. We still have another week as well, but we're trying to get you to New Orleans. We're trying to get you to a show on a riverboat. We're trying to get you on a swamp tour on an airboat. We're trying to give you $1,000 spending money. We're trying to do all that. But first, before we do any of that, I want to get you qualified for four tickets to the Aviators game, which will be one step closer in the Lotus Summer of Fun. So call number 9, 702-365-9200. Holla at your boy. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Got plenty of calls and texts that I want to get to. 702-365-9200. We've been talking about the excitement level. Where are you at right now? It's August 10th. The Raiders play their first preseason game on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Excited about that. Excited about the opportunity to be a part of the broadcast and be part of the pregame show, be part of the postgame show. JT Lincoln going to be on the call on the radio side of things. Jason Horowitz be on the call on the TV side of things. Just being able to be part of the whole production and really realize that, okay, football's back. We're going to be at Allegiant Stadium. We'll be at the Coors Light Landing like we always are traditionally. Pre-game show is going to start at 11. We'll kick off at 1. Excited about that. Got family coming to town. It's going to be in there. Got my cousin coming to town. My wife, my mom, kids going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. So I definitely encourage anyone who's in town to uh, definitely uh, go to Allegiant Stadium, hang out, have a really good time, check out the, the, the game, the Raiders and the Niners. And, you know, like I said, have fun. First preseason game. It's the only preseason game that's being played at Allegiant Stadium. The next time they'll be in Allegiant Stadium after this, Will not be until week three of the regular season. Got to give a big shout out to my man David. He got registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game. That gets him one step closer 
to the uh, Lotus Summer of Fun, which, of course, is a trip to New Orleans with all the bells and whistles. So, David, shout out to you. Definitely appreciate you. Got tons of calls I want to get to, so let's go ahead and go through it. Uh, Raider Mac, you're up first. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, Mac? What's up, Q? What's up, fellas? Chilling, hey, man. man. I'm so I'm excited. I'm 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 about as at the beginning I was around a three, but now I'm I'm at a seven as the season gets closer. Matter of fact, I got tickets for the uh, game next week. Hey Q, do you think the uh, the the Rams game? You think Garoppolo will um, start? Because since it's only three preseason games, uh, do you think he will start? That's one of my questions. And also, also I'm I'm hearing great things. Uh, at practice through you and also um, through the, uh, the Raiders are doing well against the 49ers in that scrimmage that they, they had today and yesterday. Uh, so it's it just been good. But Q, my, th- my biggest thing, though, is put Garoppolo in. We did the same thing last year with Carr under, under McDaniel's uh, system. Yeah, Jimmy may know the system, but we still need to put him in. In, in you watch Kansas City and Buffalo, and those guys they start. Um, um, they start Josh Allen and also um, Patrick Mahomes. So why not start him next week? If you ain't gonna start him this week, at least start him next week with the first unit for you know at least a couple of years. If you're gonna get hurt, you're gonna get hurt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so my thing is, you you gotta play guys. You gotta play guys. And uh, I'm excited for the season come because it's the NFL. And, and, you know, we all love the NFL. That's why it's the number one sport in the United States. So I, I, my, biggest qu- my biggest thing, though, Q, is just play these guys so they can get a momentum because it's totally different than, than in practice. And I'll let you go, Q, and uh, thank you for everything. Oh, also, Q, are you guys going to be at, the, um, at SoFi next week or are you coming or are you staying? Oh, thank you for the call, Raider Mac. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I won't be at SoFi. I have to do the the pre- and the post-game show, and I'll do that from Raiders headquarters. Uh, I may be out there for joint practices, but that has not been determined yet. I'm not too sure. I've got to look at the schedule and see how that all shakes out. But uh, I will not be there for the game, that's for sure. Like I said, I'll be at, uh, at the Raiders facility doing the pregame and the postgame show, which I'm super pumped up and excited about that. So Vinny and company will be out there at the game on, uh, on Saturday next week, but I will not. As far as uh, Jimmy starting, I would, be, I would be surprised. I understand where you're coming from. Uh, you know, if you're going to get hurt, you're going to get hurt. I would be surprised and shocked to see him. But then, you know, Joshua Daniels earlier today didn't rule it out 100%. Didn't even rule it out for, for this Sunday. So uh, there's a chance that he might get a little bit of burn. I th- I'm with you. I think it would be a good thing to see him get out there and get a, acclimated a little bit. But uh, we'll see. So uh, I, I guess the answer is I don't know. <laughs> and the Raiders did do pretty well today in practice against the 49ers. We'll see what they do tomorrow. Uh, I'm assuming that they're going to do the same. But, like I said, we got to see it before we really, really know. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to Raider 66. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, how you doing today, uh, Q? Good. How are you? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, yeah, I am just uh, the excitement levels off the charts. I'm like a kid, uh, you know, at Christmas time. <laughs> I, I am I am the eternal optimist when it comes to the Raiders. I, every year, I think they are going to get back like they were in the 60s and 70s. We are going to be the demons of the league and show everybody what we're made of again every single year. And then sometimes, you know, it turns out like last year where we didn't do too well, and I feel kind of like the Lions uh, when they had Barry Sanders. You know, he got one of the best players in the league, but uh, it doesn't translate to the rest of the squad. So uh, you just get how can you not be excited when you hear from a guy like Max Crosby? Mm-hmm. That guy 
And and everybody goes, oh, you know, uh, Joey Bosa, oh, Nick Bosa, there, there's a bet. My thing is trading places. You know that movie with uh, with Eddie Murphy and, yeah. and Dan <laughs> Yes. Uh, put, put Max, put Max on that defensive line that the 49ers have, and you are going to rewrite the record book with how many sacks you get in a season. That guy should be suing for lack of support. And I think this year they finally got some pieces that they're going to that they're going to put it together, and you're going to see uh, Max finally uh, have some. Uh, accolades coming his way that are way overdue and that's uh this uh and bennett ever since we drafted him i've been waiting to see how he does in practice and hearing from you guys i got a nickname for him and uh you know no disrespect to janoris jenkins but i think jack rabbit this guy okay. is fast can change paces quickly and his name is almost like a jacorian bennett jack rabbit yeah i mean it just writes itself but yeah i am through the roof excited every year for the Raiders, and uh, I've been a fan since '66. So uh, you know, we go back a ways. Um, I would like to see Jimmy, uh, you know, get a couple of uh, series also, just to you know appease the fans and uh, and get his uh, you know feet wet. But you know, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. And uh, and oh, about the thing, you know, with the with the, the start of the season where we get the three road games in the first four. For us old timers, that's that's just you know, SOP. Back in the 70s, I mean, I think it was like 74, we had uh, four games in a row on the road to start with. In 75, you had maybe one one home game to start off and then five road games. And in the Super Bowl season in 76, they had a five-game road trip, and that was where their first last game. As a matter of fact, a long time ago, they asked Al Davis, you know, what do you want for Christmas? He says, well, I'd like two home games in September. So uh, that's uh, that's the way that they uh, they just used to roll, and that was mostly because of the A's always being in the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, right. the, the Raiders being on the road at the beginning of the season is nothing new. Thanks for the time, uh, Q. Have a great day. All right, you too, brother. Appreciate you. It's always great to hear from you. Uh, definitely uh, appreciate the, the, the feedback, and I like the nickname for uh, – for Jacorian Bennett as well. So, uh, yeah, maybe maybe that nickname will stick. Who knows? But uh, that's good stuff there. Like I said, it's always good to hear from you, and I like the fact that your excitement level is uh, through the roof. My excitement level is through the roof, right, just for another season of football, just another season to be at a leading stadium, for another season to, you know, make it do what it do. I just <laughs> every everything that we do, this is what it's all about. Like I said a couple days ago, it's the Catalina Wine Fest. Right now, when it, when it becomes the NFL season, it becomes the Catalina Wine Fest. Just when Wendy, you're up next. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hi, Q. Hey, how are you doing? Hi, I'm doing pretty good. I always have to say that um, I'm I'm getting on the train. Nice. Definitely, my excitement level is getting getting there. And I like like we've been talking about. How could you not listen to Max Crosby? I'm actually sending that clip of Max Crosby to several of my friends. Like you know, my lady friends in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure they get that one. Um, but I also I got to do I got to put my teacher hat on for a second. And, and scold some of these boys out there. Um, I don't mind if you guys, you know, post whatever you want to post as criticism about anybody, any player. But let's stop with the name-calling, and let's stop with the name-calling that, that goes with um, former players. So, you know, the season's starting, and I want to see Raider Nation come together like Max says. Right. Max is saying, the team is together. We're a team, so let's be Raider Nation. Let's get together. We don't have to be kumbaya. You don't have to love everybody. You can still criticize. But let's try to be a little bit, (laughs) a little bit respectful and not attack people with former player names. 
<laughs> I, hey, I got you. I like it. Just win, Wendy. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call. And I like that you're getting on the train, that excitement level. I can hear it. The Just Win Wendy excitement level. Here's the train. Coo, 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 coo. Hour three is on the way. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.